Welcome back to Cause Talk Radio by Rashpixel.fm, the podcast that shows do-gooders, nonprofits, and businesses how to build win-win partnerships that raise money and change the world. This podcast is brought to you by the Cause Marketing Forum and Selfish Giving. You can find full show notes and additional resources for today's episode at CauseUpdate.com and SelfishGiving.com. Now on to today's episode. Hey everyone, this is Joe Waters and I want to welcome you to another episode of Cause Talk Radio. And on the line with me now is Megan Strand. Hey Megan. Hey Joe. How you doing? I'm excellent. You know, I want to apologize to our listeners, Megan. Because we as took a you week know, off. we took a week off. And oh, but I wanted to let people know that I had a very good reason for that. I had to shop for Megan's Christmas present. <gasps> okay, so this is like it was really just like all encompassing, uh, finding the right thing for her. I but can't I think wait. after a week of shopping, <laughs> I finally found it. So well, you know uh, what? I'm shopping for your gift right now on this really cool website called Box Lunch. There you go. And I go <laughs> you know, that is so funny. What a great tie-in that is because we actually have. Robert Thompson, who's the vice president and general manager of merchandising and marketing for Box Lunch on the line. <gasps> what a coincidence. Holy Moses. Hey, Robert, how's it going? Hi, welcome. And thank you for inviting me. No, thank you for being on. I mean, this is something uh, Megan was saying before the call. She learned about this through Feeding America. And, uh, you know, we're really excited to have you on because we love the cause business and we love uh, ci- civic minded uh, specialty retailers like you. And we were hoping that you could start today by telling us a little bit about Box Lunch and its origins. Sure. Um, about a little over a year ago, uh, we were kind of incubating the idea for a new business concept. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're kind of going after that millennial customer. And so we we're doing a lot of research. And uh, we discovered that, you know, there, there's a civic-minded piece to the millennial, but it's not in a, a traditional format. Mm, yep. And um, they're looking for these one-for-one relationships and really see how the money that they give and the time and, and effort that they give are what's actually happening for it, uh, as opposed to a traditional way to, uh, to uh, give to a charity. So we decided when we were pulling together this this concept that from the beginning that we wanted to create a charitable component that was incorporated into the DNA of the brand. Mm. And um, we went out there and decided uh, what we wanted to do and the partners that we were looking for. And we, and after a lot of research, we came back to uh, Feeding America mm-hmm. and um, loved the, what they were doing. Um, we loved the the food charity uh, as a as an opportunity for us. It worked back into our name of Box Lunch. A lot of people scratch their head and ask what Box Lunch is, but um, we're all about pop culture and um, uh, kind of hit that millennial customer. Mm-hmm. I'm curious to know. So, so Feeding America is the charity. Like you're basically a cause brand at this point. Um, Get some, give back is your tagline. So, is Feeding America the charity of choice from here on out, or is there will there be a point in the future where you might select another charity, or how how is that going to work? Well, uh, they are our charity right now. Um, we have a one for one relationship. So, for every ten dollars that you spend in our store, uh, we help provide a meal uh, through Feeding America. And one of the things that our original one of our original concepts was doing uh, food charities and helping out 
local food banks. Mm-hmm. But when we started to look at, hey, if we become a nationwide brand, which is our plan, um, trying to service the 200-some-odd food banks across the country was going to be a, a logistical nightmare for right. us. And, you know, our first our first expertise is retailers. Mm-hmm. And um, we needed to find the right partner. Mm-hmm. And, um, and you know, every day that we work with Feeding America, we find that they're we made the right choice. You know, Robert, it's um, like a it, what you're saying about picking a national partner. I want you to explain that to every local nonprofit that asked me why they can't get a national <laughs> company to return their call. <laughs> and it's always like it's well, it's kind of a matter of scale, <laughs> you know, and uh, and you know, and priorities and stuff like that. But I mean, you picked a very good one with Feeding America. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, and and, and quite honestly, you know, we're. We're the little guy. Um, I didn't think that uh, we had much of a chance initially because when you talk to a, a big uh, national charity like that, you wonder, you know, and they're working with big corporations and, and such, that are they going to take a chance on a, on a small company and grow with us? And uh, I think this was a unique opportunity for us as much as it's a unique opportunity for Feeding America to be, uh, you know, there's not a lot of one-for-one retailers out there from a charitable perspective. Um, this is a fairly new concept. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the to, thing is... put it in your DNA. The thing is, I'm actually surprised about that too. And that was the comment I made to Feeding America. I said, I'm surprised you even looked at this because there are plenty of really teeny, tiny, small companies, you know, joewaterspotholder.com. Oh. And mm-hmm. they want to do this one-for-one thing. So I'm surprised as well. But it sounds like... Now, explain to us, you you have brick-and-mortar locations, correct, but you're also online? Yes, so we have uh, uh, eight stores open. Uh, we just we just opened, we opened our first store in o- the middle of October, so we're, we are brand, brand new. We have eight stores open right now. Uh, we have 10 more planned uh, in our first quarter of next year, and we'll probably end 2016 with over 50 stores, and then we have a fairly robust um, website and social media channels. So all those are kind of coming up and running uh, as we go. But the momentum has been amazing. Uh, in the first, just in the first 30 days of being open, we were able to provide over 70,000 meals through Feeding America. Wow, that's great. So yeah, and and we're actually getting more than just our ten dollars, and we give a meal. We found that there was so much. Um, enthusiasm for for the charity and the brand and what we we're doing uh we're getting direct donations and and wow. people are are um rounding up their purchases to um you know if they ha- have a purchase for 9.75 and they'll round up their purchase to an even ten dollars and and donate the 25 cents and that starts to multiply very quickly over several transactions so um, our estimate on what we think we're going to be able to give over a one-year time period with Feeding America, um, that estimate continues to grow on a daily basis because we're completely surprised on how well it's been received. So that roundup is something that you have built into the site? Um, we have it built up on our website, and we also, uh, when you come into a store, okay, um, it, it's really, um, the, the stores have been phenomenal ambassadors of not only the brand box launch, but... Uh, feeding America as well. Um, you can't go into our store without getting told the story of the relationship, mm-hmm. what Feeding America does, how the money um, goes from 
from our cash register to Feeding America out to the food banks and into the local charities that really need our help. And um, you, everywhere you turn within our story, you, you get that um, you get that story. You know, one thing I was wondering, Robert, with um, when you were launching Box Lunch, what caused businesses were your inspiration? Like, Ooh, who did question. you? Yeah, who did you look to and say like? And we've had most of them on this show, uh, but there, was there someone in particular that you looked at and said like, we want to be like them? Yes, I think um, one of the things that um, you know, we looked at our first. We looked at our competitive retailer base, and the nice thing about um, charities, you know, one thing is when you're out there as a retailer, you're looking at your competitor and going, "Oh my gosh, I don't want him to steal my idea." Hmm. This is the one idea I would love everyone to steal. Yeah, right. Because um, uh, it's such good work that we're doing and that other people can do. But when when we looked at our competitors, they were doing it in doses, or for one week we're going to give this chair, you know, we're going to give this charity X amount of proceeds of this particular item, which is great. And, but it, it didn't feel organic. It didn't mm-hmm. feel grassroots. It right. didn't feel part of their DNA. Right. It feels so, campaigny. You know what I mean? Like, it is right. campaign. Yeah. It, right. It's like a sale. And you know, that's what I tell people. Transactional cause marketing is, is like a sales promotion. It's like black, black Friday. Um, but what you're doing right. is very different. Yeah. And, and you know, I think uh, Tom's is a great, uh, example of leading it the, leading the way. I mean, they're doing it. Well, they started it on the manufacturing side, um, and now I, I believe they just opened a flagship store in uh, Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. But um, so they're bringing that to retail now. But there really isn't anybody else out there. Um, there's the Warby Parkers of the world, and, right. and they're starting to do it uh, as well. Mm-hmm. But um, I think we're going to be the first real kind of mall-based specialty store that that has that charity in our DNA. Mm-hmm. No, and I think I think that's something that's awesome too. Is like, you know, one of the things I'm curious about with your cause model is we. Um, how long ago, Megan, did we have kind snack bars on the show? It's about and, a year ago. Yeah, about a year ago, and it was interesting to hear them talk about cause because the owner of kind has actually been through a couple cause businesses, and the first one actually didn't work out. Uh, and what he realized was that he stressed the cause too much, and that he mm. still had to have outstanding product at a competitive price. And uh, you know, I, I and, and when asked, and this was in a different publication, I think it was like an ad age, how much he thought cause contributed to this success. He said about 5%. And because he said, you know, it's one of those things that you can't lead with, but it makes everything better. And I was wondering with you, Robert, and, uh, and Box Lunch, how do you feel about that? You know, like, do you feel like cause is contributing uh, 20% to your success right now, 40%? Or is it more modest, like a 5 or 10%? I don't know if I could put a number on it. Mm. I think it's, I think for us, the way that we looked at it is our core competency, we're retailers first. Yeah, right. And and that was the whole idea when we went out and sought out Feeding America. We found we went to find someone that were experts in their field as well. Mm-hmm. And um, I think I am surprised at how much more, it, it how important it is than I thought it was. Mm-hmm. And I... I surprise myself every day when I spend a couple hours in a store and watch the interaction between our sales associates and the people coming in and 
how it affects people personally. And I think that's, I don't think you can measure that. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, um, I kicked, I kicked our stores off by taking our managers to the LA food bank, uh, for a three hour volunteer session. And, um, afterwards, you know, there's in like most of America, I think there's people that, that think of, uh, soup kitchens when you think about, um, the hungry and you don't understand the, the personal nature of, of that crisis. And it wasn't until we kind of did a little group thing afterwards um, with the director of the food bank and, and we talked about our personal experiences with, with that. And I found that, I, you know, I had a manager that um, father uh, got sick and they were just a regular middle class family, but all of a sudden found it they couldn't make ends meet with medical bills and everything else. And it was the food bank that saved them. Wow. You know, and yeah. I had another manager who, um, single mom was raising three kids and couldn't make ends meet. And it was the food bank that, you know, kept them going. And yeah. she was able to get her kids into college and, and move on from there. So it's, you don't understand how the everyday, it happens to everyone. Right. It's not, it's not just the soup kitchens down on Skid Row in LA mm-hmm. that are having the issues or the problems. It's, it's broader than that. Yeah. How do you communicate that to employees though, short of taking them to a food bank? I mean, how, how are you telling that story? Because, you know, you're in a retail environment. I would imagine there's going to be some turnover if there hasn't been already. Um, that, that's a little bit of a tough proposition. So how do you do that? Um, well, we're, we look at our sales, our sales force out there in the stores as ambassadors of the brand and ambassadors of the charity. And, um, We've incorporated uh, four paid uh, days for them to volunteer throughout the year. And part of our marketing campaign is coordinating with some of the local food banks. So um, we just did something in Los Angeles with the LA Food Bank. We had a uh, Star Wars event in Glendale, and the food bank came along, came back and had a booth, and they helped us with a prize wheel and all sorts of things. But we interacted with the, the sales associates, our customer base, all interacted with the food bank. So we intend to do more things like that. We intend to have food drives at the store, um, sending our sales associates as part of their training program to go out and volunteer with the local charities. Um, and we've identified the local food banks around the stores that we're opening. So it's familiar to them. It's not like we're taking somebody from... Uh, Nashville and having them come and train in our LA offices at the LA food bank. We're sending them to the second harvest at Nashville food mm, bank right. and see their community yep. and get involved. And what we're finding is our sales associates on their own are volunteering for more time and getting more involved and um, doing more over and above what we've ever asked them to do. Um, or expected them to do. And it's just because they've, they've bought into the cause. Yeah. And then millennials too, right? I mean, you know, your audience is millennials and your workforce is really millennials. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that's why I think it's, it's so important too, that you're really involved in an organization like Feeding America, where the impact is so evident to these people, they can see what's happening in their communities with donations. Absolutely. I think that's one of the most important things. I mean, I, I'm i a bit older, and I'm on the tail end of that millennial generation. And I remember 
the corporate giving, you know, you're going to give X amount of your paycheck um, to a, a foundation or something. And you really don't know where it goes or what it has. And, and you're sure it did something good, but you, it's not tangible. Right. And this generation's looking for that tangible. Yeah, looking for the impact. Um, Right. Uh, I know what exactly. it's like, Robert. I'm at the tail end of millennials too. No, you're not. <laughs> <laughs> I knew she was going to say that, Robert. <laughs> I'm curious to know, Robert. I mean, this this all sounds phenomenal, but you're a new business. You are a new business with a cause embedded. What have you learned along the way? Like, what's been surprising to you, or a challenge for you as as you've ramped up this business? Um, you know, it's. It, I've been involved in, in some other startups in the, in the past and um, I pinch myself every day because that this is happening because it's really hard to find anything that's not working right now. You know, we're refining our processes and there's more we can do and we want to add more people and we want to open more stores and make a greater impact. But right now um, the future is ours because we really um, – have had a phenomenal start. Um, and like I said, our core competency is retailers and we're hitting the numbers that we want to hit. Mm-hmm. We're exceeding our expectations and we're accelerating our growth path. So it's really, um, I'd have to say it's one of the best uh, holiday presents I've, I've received in a long time. <laughs> That's, That's a good feeling. That's for That's sure. That's great. Do you think, uh, Robert, do you think this is the future of business? Do you think this is the future of retail in terms of um, businesses working so closely with a cause that this is something that uh, millennials are going to require from these, from businesses in the future? I hope so. Yeah. I, I think it's, um, I, I think it's uh, a great way to help, you know, your fellow man. Mm-hmm. And um, if you can create a profitable, um, healthy business and do good at the same time, why wouldn't you want that? Um, That's fantastic. And I think one of the really smart things that you're doing is engaging the consumer in that donation piece. Because so often we see it being one or the other. Either consumers are asked to make a donation at checkout typically, but it's typically as we were talking about earlier, very campaign focused or the company is doing something like, Oh, we have a sweater and $3 from the sweater is going to a charity. It's not typically both in that consumers are making a purchase and you're making a donation. And then they're also invited to round up, which I really, I don't understand why more retailers don't do the roundup. The roundup is a no brainer. It's, I mean, it's I always feel like less too. than a buck. It's but hardly an anybody easy, does it. Yeah, it's a it's such an easy thing to do, and yeah, I totally agree with you on that. It's like you know, I don't know why you know it, we have the technology. In some ways, I guess maybe it always requires an ask from the from the cashier, you know, for to ask people if they want to do it. Although you could certainly do it with a register sign, but I ask that too, and I wonder too, even online, why more people don't do it. Right. Well, you always get this is why this is the this is the advantage I think Box Lunch has in that. They're starting. They're starting new. So when you talk to an existing retailer, they're like, "Oh, it's such a tassel to get it into the e-commerce and the roundup, yeah. blah blah blah." But when you build it in from the beginning, which is yeah. smart, I mean, that's well, you know what it is too, Robert. Which is really smart with what what you're doing is. And I was talking to someone about this not too long ago. We were talking about purchase triggered donations or percentage of sale programs when a certain percentage goes to a cause when you buy a product. The problem with the campaign mode on that is that it's just 
the the poster child for bad behavior is that you know people are always pointing to those types of problems uh, those types of programs as what's wrong in cause marketing and what i like about your model is it's almost something that we see at like whole foods where they do do a donate profits day and what's good about that is it's very upfront it's saying hey this whole day all the profits or a percentage of the profits are going to this cause. And it's very transparent for the consumer. So they feel like it's something that's really happening. Whereas I think with a lot of type of programs, they have a question about whether or not there is a real impact or a real donation. Yeah, I think also the, the key to it is, you know, being sincere about it. And I think that's one of the advantages we have in the startup. Is that we made very, very clear from the beginning that, it's in our DNA. It's who we are. Our salespeople are going to understand it, embrace it, and want to be part of it. Um, even our vendor base, um, we're creating a platform for our vendors as well because we're discovering that a lot of some of these great gifts that we sell in the store have their own charitable components as well. So we're helping them. Uh, you know, we talk to our our customers is like if you purchase. Uh, for example, we have um, a candle company in our in our store, which you uh, buy a candle, uh, feed a child uh, campaign. And uh, so if you come and you buy that candle, you're not only supporting that candle company in their charitable cause, you're marking your charitable dollars even going farther because we're still, um, you have the box launch campaign of the $10 that you spent on that candle, um, we're providing a meal. So we've actually kind of doubled up on this charitable thing and um, it's kind of like a little bit of a, a charitable love fest as you walk in the <laughs> store because you discover all these other great companies that are doing great work. Mm-hmm. And would you give, do you give those types of products additional attention as a retailer that if they do have a cause component themselves? We haven't to this point, but we're getting customer requests of ad because people are, are curious mm-hmm. and they they want to know which of these which of these brands um, have charitable components? What are they doing? And we started putting uh, little cards in the store to, to talk about um, everyone's story because Box Lunch more is, is more of a curation of, of pop culture than just here's an item. And um, people are enjoying going around and reading the different stories and learning about the great things that all these companies are doing. And we've talked about... Um, in our marketing online, how do we identify those those companies online? So when people are online, they can see that there's a charitable component to that as well. We've also um, some of those these vendors have asked if they could come out and use our store as a platform for the day and talk about their product and their mm. charity. And you know, on a Saturday, a busy Saturday, can they send a representative out to talk about the the product? And so we're we're uh, happy to to do that too. So. We're trying uh, a lot of different ways to incorporate um, all the great things that are happening inside the store as well. Fantastic. Well, here's a question. Do you have stores in Boston? Not yet. How about um, Portland? We are going to be in Portland, I oh, think, in March or nice. April. It's excellent. You know, well, now, now I'm curious. Now I want to go in and see. I'll tell like, you, though. If you're going like, to go to Portland, bring a canoe, Robert. Okay. <laughs> Because that's all the rain they're getting out there. I mean, Boston's like 65 degrees all the time now. With well, glo- thanks to global warming. I've been, I've been back there. 
<laughs> okay, okay. Maybe last January winter, or February. Maybe last winter was an anomaly, but still, you know. And see, I need one in Boston. Well, I guess I can go online because I kind of lied at the beginning. I really didn't go shopping for Megan's gifts. I kind of bought things for myself instead. <laughs> so I guess I'm going to have to go on uh, Box Lunch and look for a good gift. Yeah, we're. Um, you can always go online, and we're always there. And um, but uh, as we, and you can also find out where our store locations are. Currently, we're in uh, Texas, California, and Florida. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we're soon to open uh, uh, Portland, Oregon. Um, we're going to be in Chicago, um, Atlanta. So we're kind of working our way um, east. We'll make it to Boston. I know you will. At some point. Yeah, That's great. That's yeah. great. Well, Robert, this has been so fantastic. Thank you so much for sharing this story with us. If people want to find out more about your Get Some Give Back program, how might they do that online? Uh, well, they can go to our website at boxlunchgifts.com. And uh, we're actually putting together a separate landing page uh, that just talks about uh, the relationship with Feeding America and the charities and things like that. So there's always um, more information every day that we're adding on there. And then we also have um, a Facebook page and Instagram as well. And you can get the links and all that from our, our website. And then if you want to reach out to me personally, um, I'm at rthompson at boxlunchgives.com. And, Excellent. Uh, be happy to answer their questions as well. Thank you. Well, we will put that information in the show notes. Thank you very much. And Joe, how about you? Where can people find you online? Well, uh, minute to minute, you can find me talking to Megan and the rest of the people in the cost marketing world on Twitter at Joe Waters. Uh, also, check out my blog, SelfishGiving.com. And be sure to sign up for my newsletter, which is weekly with all sorts of uh, great information, including links to this show. What about you, Megan? Where can people find you? I am also on Twitter at Megan Strand, and I tweet for the Cause Marketing Forum at TweetCMF. And you can find show notes for today's episode at CauseUpdate.com as well as SelfishGiving.com. And of course, we want you to subscribe to Cause Talk Radio in iTunes so you don't miss an episode. And on behalf of Robert and Joe and myself, I'd like to thank you so much for joining us for this episode of Cause Talk Radio. We'll talk to you next time.